Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Man is evil and cannot save himself. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could spend a few minutes with me today. We're in our third podcast on having the pillars of a Christian worldview. The third lesson is that man is evil and cannot save himself. That's right. That's what I said. Man is evil. Man is not basically good. He is basically evil, and he is able and has the ability to commit every vile act and every vile sin. The scripture spends a lot of time establishing the fact that man is evil and must be born again, must get a new nature, must be redeemed, must come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That man needs to be more than reformed, he needs to be transformed. So let's just look at a couple of scriptures real fast and uh, try to get the foundation for this, because this is critical with how we think about ourselves and how we deal with others. But most of all, it's really critical is how we look at the cross Do we look at the cross as a sympathetic gesture from God, or do we look at it as divine intervention to save us from our own sins? So in Romans, the third chapter, in the ninth verse, it says, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we already charge that both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands God. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become useless. There is no one who does good, not even one. That's in relation to God's holy standards. And as you guess, if you just did a Bible study going through Romans uh, just itself, that would give you some understanding. Verse 12 in chapter 5 says, Therefore, just as through one man sinned and into the world, speaking of Adam, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. Okay, we're dead because we have a sin nature that is living in us that separates us from God. In that same chapter, the last verse says, so that sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness of eternal life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So there's a trading off. Actually, when we get saved, when we get born again, we change lords. We're no longer under the dominion of death, but now we're under the dominion of light, and it takes a translation. It takes a change of spiritual citizenship to get that right. The last verse in Romans 6 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the bad news is, is that we have a death sentence. The good news is that Jesus has intervened and that there is no fee, and we have to understand that. Now, one of the confusions, I think, in the evangelical world, unfortunately, is not understanding the difference between sin, the nature of sin, and sins, the act of the flesh. So, In Romans 8, 2, it says this, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. In other words, 
we are now under the dictates of God and we're not subject to sin. Not to sins here, but to sin. So if we walk in the Spirit, if we follow God, there is going to be a desire not to commit sins because our sin has been dealt with. Now, for a believer to commit sins, they have to yield their members. You don't automatically sin like you used to. That's why we have such a great stewardship of our salvation that's been entrusted to us. Later in that chapter, in verse 12, he says, So then, brethren, we are under no obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. This is talking to people that have been born again now. If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So the proof of the new birth is that you are now empowered to say no to sins. No one can deliver themselves from sin because that's the nature we're born into. But we can walk free of sins. It's not sins that send us to hell. It's sin that send us to hell. And sins are the manifestation of sin. Sins are the fruit of the seed of sin that is in our nature. 2 Corinthians 5.21 is, is uh, just so notable. It says, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. So there was the, a divine exchange. Then over in 1 John 9, it says, if, if he is faithful and just, if we confess our what sins, he's talking to believers, that he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, correct? And if any man says he's not sinned, he's a liar. So here it's talking about, you know, sinless perfection. We've been saved from the sin nature, but our flesh sometimes still yields and commits sins, okay? Sins will take away your reward. Sins will put you in a place where God cannot bless you at time. But it's sin being dealt with that gives you access to God. Otherwise, if as a believer you committed a sin, then you would not have access to God. You would be separated. I think this is important to understand in this correlation the first revelation of God in the Bible is that of creator. The second is as Lord or governor, where he institutes uh, behavioral patterns and laws uh, to, to relegate and regulate man's behavior and how we treat each other. And he's governor. The good news about that is that God take, took responsibility for our sin. And then the third revelation is that of Savior. So, I think what's happened with the lack of understanding of who God is, we jump to Savior with having no revelation of God as creator and no revelation as God as Lord or governor. That doesn't mean you can't be born again. It just means that God's revelation of who he is, how he reveals himself, is indeed progressive. So if you want to get to third base, the best way to get there is for first base and second base. Uh but this is important to understand. There is a connection. And when you see people that don't understand sin and God dealing with sin, and they just look at Jesus as somebody who forgives their sins and helps their life to be better, then obviously we have a problem in really following God. Now, 
this really should give us a gut check on how we look at people. Do we look at people merely as broken and messed up? And this is evangelical language. Everybody's messed up. Everybody's jacked up. I know. I get it. Okay. But the truth is, everybody is born a predator. We have the vicious nature of sin in us. Okay. And while there are circumstances that have been induced in our life, some not of our own being, some we have created ourselves, they mess us up and they jack us up and they need to be dealt with. I'm not saying that's not true. It certainly is. But the truth is, until the nature of sin is dealt with, the sins that have been committed against us or the sins we've committed against ourselves are just going to be repetitious because we have no ability to control the sin. So what this does is it takes us out of the victim mentality, even though we indeed may have been victimized in our life, and it puts us in the receptive category where now we've received the grace of God and we are learning to walk in the spirit as Romans 8 taught us so that we are no longer subject to committing sins, okay? That we can have victory over sins knowing, the scripture says in 1 John 1, 9 there, that although we will not be perfect, we can be absolutely victorious and grow in that victory. So when we look at somebody and we think, oh my goodness, how could that person do that? Or we look at some of the viciousness of the world, every single sin that man has committed, any man is capable of committing if he yields his nature to sin or does not have his sin nature changed, I should say. Then as believers, we walk out sanctification with the power of overcoming sins, plural, in our life. Now, the Bible says in Galatians 5, if we practice sin, if we're in the routine of doing sin, that eternal life is not in us. It's not punishing us because of our sins. It's just merely telling us that our sins are the evidence, the continual practice. Think of the word practice. You know, a baseball player practice. A golfer practices, okay? They they go out and they, they're getting better at it. They're, they're committed to doing it. They have no uh, desire to stop. They are not deeply convicted. What he's saying simply there is that that's the evidence that you haven't been born again. Uh, I remember getting a letter from a young lady who was uh, in, in, encountered by the, the Lord in a great Holy Spirit service, and uh, she had come from a very... Uh, sad background of uh, violence against her. And she made the statement, she said, my life has so radically changed. The only problem I have now is that when I sin, I feel bad about it. (laughs) She was asking me what to do about feeling bad. That's the evidence of being born again when you feel bad about your sins, okay? So the third pillar in a Christian worldview is understanding that man cannot save himself. You cannot save yourself. You cannot remodel a house that is destined to go to hell, okay? And when you're dealing with people, it will give you authority to preach the gospel. You understand they must be born again. They just cannot change their behavior. Uh, There are people that can do that with willpower, certainly, but that doesn't change their nature. So the nature 
has got to be changed, but sins will be the fruit of having an unchanged nature. Well, I hope this uh, stirred some thinking in you, and when you're reading the scripture, you'll look for sin, the nature, and sins, the outworking of the flesh, Uh, and you'll be able to understand how they fit in the context of what God is saying. So, hey, great to be with you. Share this podcast with somebody. There's somebody it could probably be a blessing to. Maybe somebody that's not sure if they're born again or you're not sure they're born again really needs to hear this so they can get born again. God bless you. Today, Keith continued his discussion on the pillars of the Christian worldview. The bad news, man is evil and cannot save himself. Therefore, man has a death sentence. The good news, Jesus intervened. Sins are the fruit of the seed of sin that is in our nature. The proof of our new birth is that we are empowered to say no to sins. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at NRPastors. See you next week.